Good morning. It's really an honor for me to be here with you today to preach the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and just be together to celebrate the very fact that we are Christians, that we have been bought with a price. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, how great we are that we have the right, how grateful we are, that we have the right to be called children of the living God. We know and we understand it's by your grace, your kindness, your love for us. We are honored, Lord. We confess, Lord, that we need so much more of you because it's actually all about you. We pray this morning, Father, for especially for your church, frontline church, here we, we are, your church all over the world, that your word will be, be preached with love and power and conviction. Many will hear the message and they will be saved. The lukewarm will repent and become on fire for the living gospel of Jesus Christ. Have your way today, and let your name be glorified. We pray for our country. We pray, Father, that your powerful hand will just move over this country. We thank you, Lord, that in your word we read so many times that, well, that nothing is impossible with you. <clears throat> and also, Lord, that you do watch over us, and that in the end all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. Be blessed, Father, as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure that you will agree with me that we do live in very, very exciting times, and suddenly it feels to me sometimes we've been thrown into a washing machine or a tumble dryer. Suddenly all things changed in a matter of weeks, actually. Well, two years, and then got worse. All around us, people are dying. It is no more about numbers. It is about names. Last week, we lost four people cousin of mine and her husband died in the same week. The service will be tomorrow. Yesterday we had a memorial service of a dear brother who lost the fight against cancer. During the week I heard of a dear pastor friend, Pastor Andrew Matlala from Shoshanguwe, who went to hospital for a heart operation he got COVID and he died of COVID in the hospital. Two weeks ago, all hell broke loose in this our country. As the devil had his way to steal, to kill, and to destroy many things in our country. And through the hands of hooligans who think they can bolt while they destroy, and surely... Any logical thinking man, woman, or child will know that is not the way. It's not the way to go. 
And surely in most hearts at that time, even now, there was a bit of fear, a momentum of fear. We are still human, ain't we? And one thing, what shall we do? And one come to a conclusion, there is no escape. We are here. And the help did not come before 150 million brands went up in smoke. 150,000 jobs were lost. 320 people died and thousands of businesses destroyed. Many are looking desperately for answers. What shall we go? Where shall we go? Two different pastor friends of mine, I spoke to them last week, told me a similar story. Some of the members came to them, to, to, to them and said, what, what is this all about? Where is God in all of this? Where is His protection? Where is His angel? Said you talk about pastor and things like that. We're not going to church anymore. Because it's not what it promised to be. Obviously, they got it all wrong. But that's a kind of spirit out there. And people need encouragement. Friday, a sister left a voicemail for Ina, my wife. She's sick. She's got a heavy COVID attack. or She fears for her life. She cries out over this voicemail. Moved me to tears. I don't want to die, Sister Ina. Pray for me. I don't want to die. People need encouragement. And I thank God for the wonderful encouragements that, comes, that come over the media. I actually thank God for the media. I think great things are happening because of the media and the advertising of the Christian faith. The pictures, the verses of encouragement, the words of encouragement, songs that uplifts our hearts, sermons that encourage us. I thank God for the media. But the greatest encouragement of all is to be on the right side of Jesus Christ and to know the Comforter personally. And there is therefore one thing to do. And you will survive. If you do this, you will survive life and death. And I will give you a little comfort in this. In the good or bad situations, good or bad circumstances, make sure that you stand, uh, that you are at right standing with Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen to me. Praying, reading the Bible doesn't make you a Christian. Singing worship songs doesn't make you a Christian. It is only through the blood of Jesus Christ, that you can become a Christian. What makes a Christian is a close encounter of the highest kind. So I challenge you that after the sermon this morning, and soon as possible, if the Spirit worked in your heart, that you go to your house and you find a quiet place. Or if it's not quiet there, get in your car and drive somewhere. To a quiet spot, maybe next to a river or somewhere. And call on the name of Jesus Christ. 
and repent before Him and ask forgiveness for sins. Receive Him as your, as your Lord. Receive Him as your Master. Receive Him as your Savior and as your God. And then come out of that quiet spot and make it known that you are a Christian. It's so sad that so many families do not know where the members in their families are standing concerning Christ. And when a funeral takes place, a young man may come and say, Pastor, where is my father? Where is my son? We have to make no one. We're not in the secret service. Because the Lord Jesus says, if you're ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you one day before God. Our scripture this morning comes from John, the 8th chapter, verses 1 to 12. I'm asking you to please go and read the whole portion. We're not going to read the whole portion for time's sake. And, uh, but we'll go through the thing, for through, through, through this very wonderful story in the Bible, which is all about a woman, a woman caught in the act of adultery. And suddenly, suddenly, because of her sin, because she'd been caught out, she comes into a no-hope situation. So many Christians today in South Africa and in the world are in a no-hope situation. That's why they're leaving church. That's why they don't want to know about the church. And when I wrote this word, no hope, the song came to my mind, and I promised you I won't sing it. My hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. This woman found herself with no future. Not just no hope, but no future as well. And there are so many Christians, sorry to say, just giving you some testimonies about what happened last week. With no hope, no future. They say it is well with my soul. But they're wearing a mask, not a COVID mask, a spiritual mask. Because deep inside there's a turmoil of a storm. To our lady, death is waiting. And the punishment to be stoned to death. Something that is not mentioned in this portion, but I'm convinced in my heart that it happened. After they caught her in the act of adultery, she must have been very, very sorry for herself. And I don't think in an light and easy way, you know, oh my, I've been caught out. No, she's been she's sorry because she knows she will have to face death through stoning. Because that is the law of Moses. She repented of her sin. I'm sure she cried out, please, please let me go. I will never do this again. I was weak. I repent. I don't want to die. But it fell on deaf ears because of the law of Moses. Her accusers were so full of anger. 
On the way to the stoning pit, they saw Jesus teaching a crowd. And they thought this is another good opportunity to trap him, to catch him out. So, so they took this lady to Jesus Christ. They told him what happened. And he looked up because they said she must be stoned. That's the law of Moses. And you, Jesus, what do you say? He stopped writing in the sand and he looked up. And he said, Let him who has no sin cast the first stone. Let him who has no sin cast the first stone. And one after the other from the eldest, they turned away. They walked away in shame. And one does feel angry toward them because he does take two to tango, does it not? But one very positive thing comes out of this, what they have done, these men. A massive favor they done to this lady. They brought her to Jesus. They brought her to Jesus. From a situation of no hope, no, f no future, no nothing, she came to Jesus. Not by her own doing, somebody brought her there. And today let it be so for you and for me. And Jesus looked up at her and asked as these people walked away, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Have the, have, has no one condemned you? No one, Lord. And then he says these powerful words. Neither do I. I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. So there are three things in this very last, second last verse of John, uh, I think it's verse 11, verse 11. Three, th three things that I want to mention to you which is extremely important. Just in one sentence, Jesus put it all together. First, there is forgiveness. Have, did, your, did your people con uh, conf uh, did your people tell you that you are lost? Jesus forgave her. Jesus forgave her at that very moment because that is why he came. And he alone has the authority to forgive. That's why he came. I read in Matthew 1.21, And she shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. God's love is to save. The purpose of Christianity, the very purpose of our religion is first and foremost the salvation of the lost. For salvation from eternal damnation. And we sang the song, it was so beautiful. John 3 verse 16 and 17. I think we must learn both by heart. Most of us know 316 by heart. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. And verse 17. For God did not send His Son to the world to condemn the world 
but so that the whole world might be saved through him. He forgives all kinds of sin. I don't know if I ever told this part of my testimony in this church, but I want to read in this church. Read it because it's an ongoing part of my testimony. I always, the Spirit always take me back when Satan comes against false accusations, then I need the scripture to read and to encourage myself in the presence of the Lord. One day, wasn't long after my salvation, and my salvation was radical. Things changed overnight, and I'm so thankful. My wife was more beautiful. The children were sweeter. The sky bluer and the flowers was more colorful. I'm so happy about what happened, and I walked on cloud nine for quite a few weeks after salvation. Suddenly going to church, attending men's prayer meeting, having early morning prayer meetings in our house. And then the devil came to me and said, Hey, why are you so happy? Why are you so frolic, frolicking? He says, read 1 Corinthians 6 verse 9. So I did. Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicator, nor idolater, nor adulterer, nor abuser, nor homosexual, nor thief, nor covetous, nor drunkard, nor reviler, nor extortioner shall inherit the kingdom of God. And he left. I think he had a big grin on his face. And my laughter turns into wailing. And I felt so bad about all this. Was it all for nothing, Lord? Is it all just a fable? Is it just a story? And the Spirit here heard my mourning, and He came to me, and He comforted me. He said, come on, get up, read the next verse. And the next verse says, and such were some of you. Oh yeah, that's so true. But you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. So I jumped up in joy, strengthened once again. And I tell you, the Scripture, somehow the, oh, Satan doesn't like me. Sometimes and often he reminds me of my past. Then I remind him. Oh man, I've been like that, but I have been washed. I have been sanctified. I have been justified by, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, by the Spirit of our God. And the last words, second last word rather, on the cross, he cries out with a, last, with a loud voice, Tetelestai! Meaning, it is finished. It's paid for. And just in case some of you don't know, but they say that in those days when someone had an account and he paid the last installment, the dealer will write the telestai on your sin and on mine. On, this, on our sin account, he wrote the telestai in his precious blood. It's paid for. It's finished. It's finished and Clark. And then secondly, he gave her f freedom. He says, have your accusers not accused you? 
said, no, sir. He says, well, neither do I condemn you. Go. And that's a wonderful word in the Bible, go. That's how we've been called into the ministry. Go. Preach the gospel to all people. Just go and do it. Don't sit. Go. It's an active word. She said to her, go. And we sing with her an older song. My shackles are gone. My spirit is free. Oh, praise the Lord. He rescued me. Or for the older people, we sing another song. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. Freedom! When he set you free, you are free indeed. Amen. And then the third thing, installed in that one sentence. Remember the seventh sentence says, Have they not condemned you? Neither do I. He forgave her. Go. Instruction. Live your Christian life. Go. And now this one, he gave power over sin. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Now that's amazing because many don't understand this thing. Because in Jesus we are complete. He did not save us, only save us from sins done in the past and forgave us, but He saved us of sins in the present and He will save us of things in the future because He gives us the power over sin to say no to temptation and no to sin, to live a life of righteousness. We can say of all authority, sin rules over us no more because we are Christian. I have power over sin. And when Christ saves, He saves us from everything. He enables us to overcome temptation. He enables us to overcome a no-hope condition and a condition of fear and trembling, both in bad circumstances or in good times. We can say no, because He set us free, totally free in an imaginative way. Maybe it's a spiritual way. I'm bringing some of you to Jesus Christ this morning. Even like the men did with this lady. Maybe you just switched in onto this channel and you hear this message. Maybe it's the first time that the Holy Spirit worked your heart. And you will know if it happens. Because it's something starting turning inside. Maybe you need to be encouraged today. And not to be punished by the Pharisees. But to be pardoned by Jesus Christ. This is how we overcome in these days. These terrible days of chaos should not reign over us because you and I have received the pardon of our Lord. You have received the freedom to go, to shine our lights in darkness. And we have received the power over the 
greatest thing that hinders people from having communion and union with God? Sin. The power over sin gives us victory, gives us winners, make of us champions in Christ our Lord. And some would say, what a strange, comforting message today. Where is the comfort? Maybe it's true. But let me tell you that in this message lies the victory of the Christian life, enabling us to face whatsoever comes our way. Whatsoever comes our way, we can face it with sober minds because of these three points, forgiveness, freedom, and power over sin. Go think about it. We cannot go into all of these things in detail. But go think about it. Read this passage once again. And enjoy the empowerment of the Spirit of God. Empowerment of the Spirit of God. It will enable you to reign over COVID and hooligans. So now, go. Find that quiet spot in the house that we spoke about before and call upon the name of Jesus Christ and ask Him to forgive your sins. Receive Him as your Savior. And if you look warm in your faith, ask Him to stir up again those dying embers that a massive fire or a blazing fire will come forth. Ask Him that the fire of the old days will burn again in your heart, that time when you first came to salvation. Ask Him. Speak to Him. He will listen. He will save you. He will set you free. And then again I say, come out into, out of that quiet spot. Get into life with the knowledge that Jesus Christ saved you and with the, I want to say, audacity to make known publicly the power of Jesus Christ. Not to be ashamed of this gospel, but to stand for what is, because in the end, it's the only thing that will remain. So today is a challenge to you. Go and seek his face. Remember Our Lady caught in the act of adultery. She went through all these things, but Jesus came and he saved her, pulled her out of the miry clay and gave her life and life everlasting. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that in your word there's always encouragement for us. No matter what the situation may be, in Christ we are more than overcomers. Help us, Lord, to remember day by day what you have done for us. Help us, Holy Spirit, not to be ashamed of this gospel. So many, Lord, are still living a life in fear and no hope. I pray, Lord, that there will be a breakthrough for them they will enter the glory of the Lord even here on planet earth 
Father, pray, we do pray for the continuous infilling of your Holy Spirit in our lives, that we will be 24-7 ambassadors of the kingdom of God, that no one will question, have a question in his or her heart about our salvation, but we will make it known, make it known to a lost and dying world. Bless us now, Lord, as we part. I pray, Father, especially for your protection upon us, that you will give your angels charge over us, over your people, to protect us against onslaughts of whatever kind it may be. And that, Lord, in all of these things, you will receive the glory in Jesus' name. Can we play that song, if possible? God bless you.